0: Shelly, let's face it, texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm-hmm. it's not even legally compliant.
1: Mm, this is where our friends at RecText come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans.
0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly, and we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment flags. As always, I'm Serge and joined by Shelly Billinghurst. Shelly.
1: Hey, are... Serge. I'm good. I'm good. Bonjour. You're actually in another part of Canada.
0: Have you ever been
1: to Moncton, New Brunswick? I have, yes. I made the trip out there a few years ago, pre-pandemic, doing some work for a client. And swore like I've got to come back, but it was in the summer when I was there. So, what's it like this time of year?
0: Pretty damn cold.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. There's no envy here.
0: The temperatures overall are probably lower here than they are in Calgary, but I tell you, it's a different cold. It's minus six when I came out of the plane yesterday, and I almost froze. And we're used to like minus twenty, which you can live with. I can't imagine minus twenty here, but. Still beautiful in the winter, still a great place. It's always great to come visit my parents, which I did yesterday. Oh, um,
1: good. Working
0: out of our head office here in Moncton, right downtown. It's good to see the big man and everyone that's working in the office.
1: Yeah. Give my hellos, of course, to Melissa and Leah.
0: I will. I will. So I... Blue Sunday night, I did the, I guess, the red eye, but I did see the Super Bowl before. And I was curious, did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy the game? Or were you like a lot of people just waiting to see Rihanna's...
1: Yeah, confession here. So Brooke and I timed, we would watch the Super Bowl and, oh, they've got two minutes left. we set the timer to check back. We watched something else in the meantime. And those last two minutes in the second quarter lasted 30 minutes or 35 minutes. It was just like, oh my God. So yes, we were of the crowd that were only there to see Rihanna perform. And I have to say it was disappointing. There was one good thing, I will say. The camera work was amazing. Their use of drones. Did I think it was worth watching? Absolutely not. I mean, I liked her first song choice. I didn't think she would open Bitch, Where's My Money? (laughs) But uh, overall, I thought it was uh, brutal, terrible.
0: Well, when I watched it, I felt exactly the same. Then I went on Twitter and Mm -hmm. everyone is just glowing about her performance. I'm like, am I missing something? (laughs) So honestly, she's got tons of songs, tons of hits. I'm a big fan. I was disappointed by the performance. I didn't think it had. It wasn't
1: a performance. It was people in marshmallow outfits. She did not perform. She walked the stage in runners.
0: But she was that pregnant. That
1: not a performance. I know she's pregnant. Listen, Serge, millions of women have been pregnant. I know a lot of women who during their pregnancies were even more active. Like if she was unwell and unable to perform because she's pregnant, that's very different. So what but was, that was all choreographed for her to just simply stand there? My favorite of all time, though, was twenty seventeen.
0: Okay, which one was that? Lady Gaga. I was not blown away by that performance at all. Are you I kidding? I remember watching that, being like, "That was okay," but that did Lady not...
1: Gaga's. Are you, you're not thinking of the same one then? No, no one with a set of eyeballs could watch that and not be absolutely inspired by what she did. Like Brooke and I watch it on YouTube just because it is such an incredible performance. Like the costume changes, choreography, her songs, her voice. She was clearly not lip syncing, which I saw some Twitter threads around saying Rihanna lip synced.
0: I think there was a track playing behind her, which most artists, there is a track, but I think it was her real voice when she was singing. The only Super Bowl performance outside of last year that I left and thinking, wow, that was mind-blowing, was in 2007, and that was Prince. And I still remember Prince playing Purple Rain, and the rain started. Goosebumps.
1: She I know, went, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. You're goosebumps,
0: a, yeah. An incredible artist and Lady Gaga is an incredible artist too. But that is the one that I remember as mind blowing. And last year, I loved it, but these were all the things that I listened to like Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cent. Like that was just like, that was my jam. This was really good. Mm -hmm. This year, Rihanna, I'm a big fan. I was disappointed and I was shocked to see on Twitter everyone just praising that performance. So I was expecting you today to come out and say you loved it. So I was a little bit surprised that you felt the way that you did, but it's warranted. I, I think it was definitely subpar. I did think the Super Bowl was fantastic, by the way. It was a great game. Went down to the last play. ticky-tacky call on a penalty, but it was a great game. So I'm curious. You sent me a message this morning telling me that ChatGPT hit you up for $20 a month. It
1: did, Yeah, tell us. I couldn't pay for it fast enough on this to God. And they made paying for it easy. I was doing some research yesterday and some training with Melissa. And I went back onto Chat GPT and it said, hey, that'll be 20 bucks Canadian. And I don't think I even read the details. All I did was like, for sure. And so I was able to pay for it in the most seamless, smooth transaction within seconds. It Automatically recognized that I was a member and just said, Hey, are we putting it on this credit card? And I'm like, Yep, click done. So, So, what are the uh, benefits?
0: What's the difference between being a paid subscriber and non paying subscriber?
1: They give you a guarantee in terms of being able to log in because over the last, I'd say, month or two, sometimes you try and get in and you can't. It just says the servers are on overload or whatever the message was. This ensures that you're in seamlessly and consistently.
0: Yeah. I was just talking to our CTO and he signed up for it as well. And it's the first thing he mentioned, you're not getting in the queue. You definitely get priority. There's never, the system is too busy, but 20 bucks a month, I'm all in for that. I'm really curious if we're going to see it being a hundred, two hundred dollars a month, which if the pricing goes too high, then a lot of people lose access to it. And this is a tool that's you shouldn't have to be rich or well-off to be able to use to give you a competitive advantage. I guess we'll yeah. see. Box I think, so, is more than fair, and I would pay that any day.
1: Yeah. So they're calling it Chat GPT Plus. Okay. And the other thing is priority access to new features. Okay. So you're now part of the community. But you're right. At $20 a month, interesting choice on price point. What are your thoughts? There's a lot of people saying that they'd be willing to pay $50.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people would be willing to pay 50, $20 is going to be a starting rate, but I do think there's yeah. a risk we end up going too high and it causes a challenge like I just discussed. On yeah. that note of AI, I did want to go back to last week's episode and make a correction because we talked about it was in the advertising that they screwed up the inaccurate answer. It was actually during a control demo. Still no excuse, but I just wanted to clarify.
1: Well, talk about Google.
0: Google BARD, yes.
1: Google BARD, okay.
0: It was done during a control demo where BARD gave an inaccurate response, which is not excusable in any type of environment. For everyone, if you're using ChatGPT, please give me an update next week after you've used it for a week to let me know if it's worth the $20 because I use it on a daily basis. Basis, uh, yeah, me too. it's my new Google, right? I haven't played around with Bing and Chat GPT yet. That is next on my list, but very exciting. I got a little bit of news or speculation that came across the wire this afternoon, where LinkedIn has actually done some layoffs, and the layoffs have been focused on recruiters and diversity, equity, inclusion. What I found really fascinating about this, obviously, everyone in tech is doing layoffs. And everyone in tech is laying off recruiters and diversity, equity, and inclusion, which for LinkedIn, their main clients, super users of their products are actually recruiters. Do you think this is going to create a challenge for them in the future or people will just forget? What's your take on this news?
1: So I think that I've always been of the same mind. Someone who was in talent acquisition at a company like LinkedIn won't be unemployed for very long. No. It would actually be pretty ironic if they weren't able to find something right away. What I found interesting about this article though is, you know, one of the things we always say, leave gracefully. Yeah. Don't ever diss your employer. Yeah. But there was a number of people posting things that were not exactly a good reflection of them being able to accept this. And this article talked about a lot of the people laid up had been there less than two years. These were not long-serving employees that had contributed to the growth of the organization. They were all hired. Okay, let's do the math. If you were hired 20 months ago, that's when things were going berserk for growth and everybody was online. It looks like another market correction to me. The one person that they identified, Stephanie Coleman, She'd been with LinkedIn for 20 months in emerging talent and DEI leadership. Yeah, she won't be unemployed for much more than a few days. Like, those are really high demand skills and can go to any industry.
0: To say I'm scared and like there's people in way worse shape than you, because to your point, working for LinkedIn, automatically people will interview you just based that you work there. But I think there's a fine line. One of this comment is, well, I just got laid off from LinkedIn today sucks. Or the next one was never lost a job in my 25 years of my career. Super disappointed with the small benefits and severance offered.
1: So why go public on that, especially on your employer's platform? Yes, the flip side. I just think it's it's really poor taste.
0: How many times do you see on LinkedIn what they call toxic positivity, where they're going, It was such a great place, the best experience of my life. Like they're going the opposite way, yeah. which is like, there's no way you're really feeling that right now. You're not being authentic. I think the best thing to do is wait 10 days, 15 days, really sort out all your emotions and then potentially you can post something on LinkedIn if you feel you want to talk about it. But I don't see the point in even talking about it. It'll be interesting to see when you fire recruiters and your main clients are recruiters. I think we'll- Good point, good point. I think we're going to forget about this in a year anyway. So I don't think it's a big deal. It just drives me crazy that recruiters are on a hamster wheel laid off. The first one to hire back laid off. Like we're never given the opportunity to do a really good job because the minute that the economy gets hard or is in good shape, There's a fluctuation in our role that's pretty dramatic. I do want to jump into our tip of the week. Chris Russell, our friend at RecTech, put out Mm -hmm. seven free recruiting software tools, and we'll add the link, but wanted to call out a couple. If you are a small business or are hiring very few roles, Smart Recruiters, Smartstar is an ATS for 0 to 10 roles. That gives you access to most of the features. So it gives you the one-click job distribution to Google, Indeed, LinkedIn, plus 200 job boards. Gives your candidate the experience that you have a real full-blown ATS. The mm-hmm. application process, everything is the same. I used it quite a bit, and I think it's a great free tool. So definitely check out Smart Recruiter Smart Start Tool. Mm-hmm. The second one, and you might be using this. So we talked last week about leveraging ChatGPT to create bullion strengths for us. Well, there's a tool that's been around forever, and I still leverage it. It's called RecruitTem, Recruit E recruit M. Mm-hmm. And what it does, you basically put the tech role, then it does an X-ray of people on LinkedIn, Twitter, GitHub, Dribble, and it'll give you the bullion strength for all the different platforms. I've been told by a sourcer that it's shit, but I think sorcerers are very protective of how much they understand Boolean strings and how to source. For a beginner recruiter or someone that's never really leveraged Boolean strings, I think this is a great tool. Have you ever used it?
1: I have not in terms of sourcing. Why would you do this when you can go to chat GPT? Because it'll build the string for you, especially yes. if you're a sourcer.
0: Well, sourcers don't like it, according to a sourcer that I talked about. No, for
1: baby sourcers.
0: Perfect. Baby sourcers. Yeah. The other tool is called hunter.io. And the reason that I like this is for sourcing. It helps to find professional email address in seconds. So all you have to do is just enter the domain or the company name to launch a search. And then it gives you what the email sequence is for that particular company. So you can reach out to people directly. So if you're sourcing... Also for business development, if you're in staffing, great tool to leverage. And on that note, I have no hesitation to leverage company emails to try to source someone. I will email someone directly at their company trying to recruit them. I don't know how you feel about that, but I've leveraged this tool in the past.
1: Do you know, I've not been in the sourcing game for so long. I hate to admit it, but of course, why wouldn't you use it? Especially for business development. I personally don't reach out to people at work. I use LinkedIn for that because LinkedIn is your own personal account.
0: And I can see leveraging LinkedIn. I think part of the challenge is if you're trying to source, say, a software developer, LinkedIn is they're on it maybe once a month. Obviously, they're on it a lot more recently because a lot of people are getting laid off. All right, Shelly, let's jump right into the recruitment insights. And what I want to talk about this week first is... The job numbers that just came out. So last week, we talked about the job numbers in the U.S., which blew (laughs) away expectations. Guess what? These numbers blew away expectations. We added 150,000 jobs last month. And if we look since September, we have added almost 400,000 jobs with the expectations that we would be losing jobs in that time frame. What we're seeing in the U.S., What's happening in Canada, and it looks like happening across the world, which is a weird scenario because not a lot of economists have ever seen this. We're seeing inflation come down, not as quick as we would want to, but it's coming down, and we're seeing unemployment rates come down at the same time. One of the things in increasing interest rate, it slows down the economy, so it slows down inflation. The job market is not seeing this effect at all. Have you in your history, and it's a long history, Shelley, have you <laughs> ever seen this
1: situation, <laughs>
0: that low unemployment, high inflation?
1: So the, in the early 80s, when inflation was really high, where people were having to walk away from their homes because their mortgage payments had just become absolutely ridiculous. but as true to what would be the norm, the employment rates were also low. So those two things typically do correlate. To see this mix, like such a strong labor market and inflation continuing, I think it slowed a little bit though.
0: Yeah, it was eight one percent, and right now yeah. it's six point three in December, and expected to be five point six when the January. Yeah. 19- So it's coming down, and that's the opposite. We're not seeing a low unemployment and inflation coming down. Usually it's either or. We are going to be in this labor market for a long time, and we've seen the news. We're seeing the layoffs in tech, which only represents 3% of the overall economy. Then you look at sectors like hospitality, retail, skilled trade. The talent scarcity is going to be there for a long time. There's just enough enough people which is a perfect segue into our next recruitment is yeah.
1: there's a great article here that talked about parts of the us and i'm sure parts of canada as well where you're essentially in a zero unemployment market like seniors homes can't take on new patients or there's reduced hours even at your corner grocery store because they can't staff it for full hours it really has created such extreme situations because here we are adding more jobs but our population is not going to keep up the american population and especially the canadian population we didn't birth enough babies 25 years ago <laughs> to keep up with what this demand is so what is the solution it's is it immigration here in canada we have answered that call there is anticipated that we will see the highest immigration numbers Here in Canada, I believe 500,000 new Canadians is what we're expecting in the year 2023. And I know in America, one of the things that seems ironic is as a country that was built on welcoming new people from across the world, they seem to fuck it up every single time. Immigration is just something that seems to be a, a hot potato. Even with the amount of people coming from South America and Mexico, they still can't seem to figure out how to take these people and where to put them, where you've got a match for their skills and the jobs that are vacant. Whereas we look at ourselves and Australia, and this article does point to us as two countries that do this really well. And the other thing I believe is missing from this equation is there is a possible solution, and that is older workers. I know we talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion as a big category, but what's usually missing in that conversation is ageism yeah, and older workers. In Canada, certainly we have a population that's living longer and wanting to work longer. Well, in the U.S., it's dangerous. If you get sick, especially as an older worker, you could end up in poverty for the remainder of your life. There is something more, I think, outside of just immigration being the only solution, because I don't think the U.S. has quite figured out how to do the matching piece, other than a company goes and recruits people and brings them in and gives them a job. Yes. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, to your point, so we're accepting 500,000 this year, which I think that's the number we had last year, but decided to move forward for the foreseeable future. The U.S. accepts around 700,000 a year, but let's look at the difference in population. We're a million compared to 350. There is a factor that is quite different from us in Australia when it comes to accepting immigration, why it's become such a political, I guess, hand grenade. We don't have an influx of people trying to get in our country and legally, which the U.S. does. So does Australia. They don't have that problem. We can be in a position to have immigration that is really focused on matching the skills that we need in the workforce. And I think we do a really good job both on market and the type of skill sets we bring into the country. Obviously, you add that aspect to the U.S., which we don't have, it creates a complication, but I think it creates a political landmine that we don't have to deal with as much. But that doesn't ease the challenge that the U.S. has. The U.S. needs immigration probably more than any country in the world to be able to continue that growth that the U.S. has seen for the last 50, 60 years. They need to figure it out. Immigration is one solution, and it's probably the most obvious one across the board. I don't think people realize that one of our world's biggest challenges we're just not going to have enough people And I think we've been conditioned that there is just too many people in the world. It's actually going to be the opposite. I love the fact that you're bringing up having older people join the workforce again. But you are right. There's a lot of this population that are not in the workforce based on ageism, bias against what they can do. We're not taking advantage of the work ethic, the knowledge, the experience they have to be able to function in our current workforce. And we're going to have no choice. Completely agree. So at the end of the day, it's immigration. or getting that underserved population that is not in the workforce. So age is one criminal record. Population is going to be a challenge for, for the rest of our lifetime and my kid's lifetime. Let's jump into the next Recruitment insight. This Uh, one's
1: a hot potato too. So I'm going to let you take it away.
0: So there was a recent article by Yuri.net that reveals the biases against non binary and gender pronouns. More than 80% of non binary people say that identifying as such would hurt their job search. And I think they have a reason to be concerned if you look at the findings done by a business.com survey. So, the study found that individuals with resumes containing they, de, them pronouns were less likely to receive interviews. And the research explains that non binary workers who were assigned female at birth were likelier to report negative work experience than their counterparts who were assigned male at birth. The individuals who present as women or were socialized as girls during childhood may encounter dual discrimination because of their intersectional identities. The same can be said for non-binary workers of colors and those with disabilities. I wanna give you some of the comments that were given by the people they surveyed, which were firing managers. This person seems like a decent fit on paper, though I am not interested in the drama that a person who thinks they are a day them brings with them. Another comment was take off the pronouns. I would trash the resume for that reason alone. And the last one, I find that personal pronouns are quite silly in a job situation. This is better reserved for social setting and not in a job setting. Okay, what's your take here?
1: So I know it's true. The unfortunate thing is there's so many things stacked against you already going into the workforce, And adding your pronouns when you're applying for a job, this research is telling you loud and clear that it creates a barrier. It is really unfortunate to see. However, it's reality. Even think that individuals who have, say, non-Canadian sounding names, even though they may have been born and raised in Canada, they face discriminatory Barriers. It's fact. It's been proven for years. Change the name. And you and I, we have a mutual friend where that's exactly what happened to her. She changed her name to a more North American sounding name and she immediately got interviews and got a job. Unfortunately, it is the truth. And I think even if you take the the binary, non binary identifiers off and just change it with a foreign sounding name, you'll face the same discrimination.
0: Yeah, I think you will. I think it's pretty clear, just based on the survey, that there is going to be discrimination. In a perfect world, there wouldn't be. There'd be no discrimination based on where you're from, what your color of your skin is, and what gender you identify with. There's the argument of being like, well, I'm still going to put them, because whoever hires me, I want them to know the real me. So I'm still going to put the pronouns. And that company is going to be a fit for me, which is a fair argument.
1: Yeah, it really is. Because the company that will look at your skills, qualifications and fit for the role. And what does it matter? Like truly, then that's the right company for you. So it is in fact doing its job. It is.
0: But the flip side, not everyone is in a financial position that they can do that. Wait for that company. That it's going to accept them that way. They need a job. That's a financial reality. And sometimes you're going to have to remove them, depending on the situation that you're in. Very similar to our friend that changed her name to a Canadian name to get a job in Canada. In particular situations, you need a job. There is an obvious bias against you because you have pronouns, and hiring managers Clearly. are telling that. So. Clearly. Take that info as you wish and leverage it as you wish, but it's going to be a challenge. And for hiring managers listening and also recruiters, it should not be something that we're not putting candidates forward because they have pronouns. Check your biases the same as you would check your biases when it comes to age, where you're coming from, country, immigration.
1: And it's sharing a hard, cold fact. I know it's really difficult to imagine. But we know it's true. We do. We know it's true. We see it every single day that hiring managers make decisions based on how you spell your name.
0: Yes, exactly. Right.
1: I know we talked about lots of technology solutions, those that redact identifying information. Yeah. Well, we redact that too. Why? There's a reason that redacted resumes are part of the journey to becoming a more inclusive employer, but that is definitely something that would be redacted.
0: Yeah, very good point. There's a couple of things I want to point out on the recruiting. Yes. We are now on three new platforms. So we are on Audible. So if you're reading e-books, you can okay. just check us out directly there. We're on yeah. Amazon Music. And as of yesterday, we're on iHeartRadio. So when I think of iHeartRadio, I think of Taylor Swift. For some reason, she went to all the iHeartRadio awards. So we are on a same. I guess, radio channel as Taylor's... <laughs> we've made it, Shelly.
1: I think so, Serge. And I know we've got some really great episodes coming up, just as far as the guests we're booking. And people just keep saying, yes, it's awesome. I really am appreciative of the audience and of the people that want to come on and talk to us. We have some really interesting people.
0: There's a lot of interesting people. I think the biggest challenge is... We only have so many time slots. I would love to book a hundred more guests, but
1: we again, will. we'll get there
0: later. And I'm not telling you what to say, but on whatever platform you're listening mm-hmm. to, podcast, please put a review if you are getting value. That is the way that you speak to my heart. So Shelly, I am in mountain all week. I've wanted to wish you happy Valentine's, which I should have <laughs> at the start. And I enjoy your week. I'm going to enjoy here in the beautiful East Coast.
1: Yes. Wish I was there. Happy Valentine's Day to you too. We'll talk soon. Talk soon.
0: Shelly, you know how much I love programmatic advertising for recruitment. It saves so much time and effort in trying to figure out where I can get maximum exposure and value in advertising my jobs.
1: Yeah, for sure. It is a game changer. And you know who I love too is AppCast. They are the leading programmatic job advertising platform that helps you reach the right candidates fast.
0: Definitely. AppCast advanced targeting and real-time optimization technologies make sure that your job ads are seen by the most qualified candidate. Plus, they have a team of experts that's always there to support you and make sure you get the best results.
1: It's so true, right? AppCast has just got the nicest people on staff. They're just a pleasure to work with. And tracking your job's performance in real time is the other big plus. Being able to see exactly what's happening, what's driving the applications, where they're coming for. And at the end of the day, it's about making hires. And
0: where else can you expand your reach across 30,000 sites? Your candidates are everywhere online with AppCast. Your jobs will be too. So check them out at appcast.io. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform